Hello, welcome to a very special bonus episode of Some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about The Force Awakens. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we typically talk about games, but also sometimes movies, but also sometimes other stuff. And if you remember, months and months ago, we made a promise that we were going to cover all the Star Wars movies as, like, real full-length episodes. Because we actually hadn't done that, even though we've talked about Star Wars a whole bunch. Um, and, uh, I guess we just kind of ran out of time, so we yep. are releasing the Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens as a bonus episode, um, the week of The Last Jedi coming out. Um, uh, just to be clear, we haven't seen The Last Jedi at the time of recording this, right? These are entirely pre-Last Jedi thoughts, uh, about The Force Awakens, uh, and then our next episode is obviously going to be post the last, uh, the last Jedi, and we'll get all of our juicy, juicy episode eight Star Wars, uh, Star Wars thoughts, uh, yeah, the social media embargo broke yesterday, everybody, all the film critics that went to the world premiere said it's, it's good, and to avoid all spoilers at all costs, so that's promising, I guess. Yeah, um, and just as fair warning, uh, for you guys out there, um, that episode might be a little late due to scheduling conflicts, but uh, this episode should hopefully tide you over until then. Indeed. Um, and just fair warning for anybody who's been under a rock for the past few years, spoilers for The Force Awakens. Um, incoming, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just to kind of kick it off, um, we've both kind of expressed that we don't think The Force Awakens is that great. Um, and uh, I, I, I rewatched it for this, I think you did too, and... Uh, uh, this is the first time I've seen it since theaters, um, and I, I've got some uh, revised thoughts on it. I know that you you had some. Uh, you, you said you described it as like a a, a nuclear take, maybe. Uh, well, why don't you lay it on me? Okay, okay. This is my this is my super hot take about the Force Awakens. Okay, so you know, so I've talked before on the cast about like the difference between like kind of like taste and preferences versus like quality, right? You know, like Batman vs. Superman was my favorite film of last year, but it was not the best film of last year, and I can separate those two things in my mind, right? Like, this is a movie that I really like that really appeals to me, right? Um, but, like, in terms of what I think goes into kind of quality filmmaking, right, like, it is worse than a movie like Moonlight, right? Uh, or even other movies that I didn't like, like Manchester by the Sea, in terms of those things, like, quality filmmaking-wise, right? Um... And I think The Force Awakens is really interesting from that paradigm because I think The Force Awakens is just as good or bad a movie as Batman vs. Superman is. It is just, it has just as many flaws, right? They're just in different spots. And because BVS has certain flaws in certain spots and certain strengths in others, right? And then there's differences between it and The Force Awakens, right? That's why one of them has like a 90 bazillion on Rotten Tomatoes and the other one has like a 30%, right? Because at the end of the day, a lot of what The Force Awakens does right appeals to kind of like the popular consensus right like the cultural zeitgeist as it is in this moment right uh whereas batman vs superman didn't do that specifically those things are kind of like the likability things i've talked about this a little bit before when it comes to marvel movies right where like they really go out of their way to make the the characters like really like down to earth and likable and they're not you know they do things and they say things that people normally don't do and say in big giant blockbuster movies and those are endearing qualities right like this is kind of like you know the the chris pratt effect he does this in like all of the you know, uh, like the Guardians movies and obviously Jurassic World and stuff like that. Uh, Batman for Superman obviously doesn't do that. And the stuff that I think that it does do well, right? Like I think that it does action well and I think that it does stakes well, for instance. Those are things that audiences don't really care about. And they do care about 
likability, right? Which is why everybody hates that movie and likes The Force Awakens. And so that is my nuclear take, is that BVS is just as bad or as good, depending on how you look at it, as The Force Awakens is. That's, that's, that is quite a take. (laughs) (laughs) I also think, I also, by the way, want to add in here because, like, for completeness sake, this isn't really, like, part of it, but I also think that context matters, and I think the context of The Force Awakens release was very good, right? The press was good, people were on board with it, right? Like, J.J. Abrams in the studio got a lot of love out of doing, uh, like, the practical effects and stuff like that, uh, bringing back Han Solo, those trailers were really well-received, right? And I think BVS had a worse context, right? People didn't like the trailers as much, um, people didn't like you know, didn't like Man of Steel, that you can obviously compare it to something like Civil War, which people were, like, easily invested in. So I think, like, there's also kind of a broader context for why those two were received differently, but that's kind of, like, beside the point to me. Yeah, um, on kind of that point of context mattering, I actually think that that's, that's, that's an important point as to some of the uh, the larger flaws of uh, of this movie. Um, and as, uh, I'm, I'm going to link it in the description, there's there's a great animation by Lyle McDouchebag called uh, uh, the, the Force of Money, um, I, I, I've referred to it in the past as, remember Star Wars? Because, uh, as, as he puts it, The Force Awakens is like that creepy guy at the bar that keeps looking over at you and winking, even though you're not really interested in him or whatever. Um, and there's so much of that in this movie that it, that, that, that it kind of gets to me. And I get why, it, you know, for all the fanboy moments. Um, but the other part of it is, uh, like, it, it didn't need like if the force awakens was the was episode four i don't think it would have those problems not only because they wouldn't have those references to make um like flat out but because uh uh that they just wouldn't have the 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 kind of um uh, sorry uh what am i trying to say here uh uh oh it's just it just be it would be a unique story instead of just being such a carbon copy of episode four right um, I, I think that's that's actually one of the most one of the biggest flaws of this movie is how much beat for beat it is, episode four. In some ways, in a way that's like kind of like nice homage, right? Like, like I think BB-8, like you know, Poe gives BB-8 the secret doodad that he has to like roll through the desert and find like the abandoned desert child. Like that's I think smart homage. Like yeah, bigger Death Star and trench run, just kind of like bad carbon copying. Yeah, I actually really, uh, I, I'm actually really on board with that point, um, mostly because in rewatching The Force Awakens, I didn't realize, kind of started at the beginning, I guess, I didn't realize how much of the opening I thought was very good, um, because so much of my perception of the movie had soured. I was almost kind of surprised in that first 15 minutes, kind of like first half hour, how much of that stuff was really good, right? Like, probably the best moment in the movie is like the 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 kind of montage sequence of like Ray doing you know like doing her scavenging and she's going through the star destroyer picking through parts or whatever and she lives in a fallen atat but you know she goes outside and puts on a rebel helmet and eats her like crazy weird broccoli thing while looking at you know like looking at the sunset right like i think that's a perfect homage to who luke is and luke right right and i think there's a lot of really good filmmaking in this stuff too right like um uh there's this moment uh that's really small 
where Ray is just like sitting at a table cleaning shit and she looks across and sees like the old woman doing the exact same thing, right? And it's a really small moment, but like it's it's enti- it, there's no dialogue, but it's a moment that's like Ray is looking at herself in the future, right? This is her future if she stays on her current path, right? And I like that kind of filmmaking, right? It trusts it trusts the audience to make those inferences. It doesn't say anything. It's not it's not on the nose about it. It just kind of communicates that uh with the with the photography and so i was like i was like wow you know like this is not the the force awakens that i remember right ray's theme that plays during this whole thing is the only good new song that gets that that i mean no i'm not trying to shit on john williams right but like you know in terms of the great star wars canon you know there's duel of the fates and the imperial march and binary sunset and you know the love theme or whatever and then ray's theme is the only thing that gets up there from the force awakens for me i think that's fair um yeah um so i i kind of wanted to give a little bit of uh what, what my kind of hot take from from uh from this new viewing is and it's all it's it's uh it's kind of uh, it's it's I think a little bit less spicy than yours, but um, okay. it's based <laughs> off of so so the original Force Awakens hot takes comes from uh, comes from uh, popular screenwriter Max Landis when he said that Ray is a Mary Sue, right? Um, and this I'm sure is, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, so so this is actually kind of where my take's going, and I for a long time kind of accepted that and pulled that in and, and really agreed with that kind of fundamentally. Um, but I think that that's actually not quite accurate. I like my, my, my new revised opinion is Ray is not a Mary Sue. She's just a shittily written character, um, kind of overall. But the, but like that kind of like uh, overwhelming kind of like success thing isn't actually there that much. It's just that the things around her aren't. First of all, like she's an incredibly inconsistent character, and she does some very weird things that like really kind of like don't make a lot of sense. Um, and then the other part of this is that the writing around her is also kind of in a way that makes her seem like a Mary Sue, um, which is a problem with the film and not necessarily a problem with her character, right? Like, Interesting, because I very much agree that Ray's a Mary Sue. Like, okay, I'm 100% I, in that boat. Um, so, so, so the reason I say this is like, you know, uh, one of the things I see in relation to, you know, like, oh, how is Ray a Mary Sue when Luke, Luke was basically a farm boy and they put him in a fighter pilot, right? And it's like, well, we're told beforehand that we're told by kind of like the, the the canon of the story that Luke is a great pilot, right? And that's fine for me to accept, right? Because that's that's just kind of a thing that we're told about his backstory that he's a great pilot and he can and he's, he's a great shot. Ray, on the other hand, her backstory is basically that she's a great mechanic, right? The difference is is Luke gets like a couple of moments where that piloting thing comes into comes into view, right? Ray being a great mechanic is like on screen. All of the time, like so, like like every like fifteen minutes or so at least, there's a moment where Ray being able to do the mechanical doodad is is a thing that fixes the problem. Um, up to including one of the last scenes where the way they break into the shield generator is Ray pulls like a spark plug out of something and it opens the doors. And that like those moments in themselves aren't a problem. It's just the fact that there's so there's so many of them, and like so much of the plot revolves around uh, around that. Um, that it, it, it causes a problem. Like, she's not the greatest... She's a good pilot, but she's not the greatest pilot. Um, and she's good at a bunch of other things, but she's shown not to be the greatest at a bunch of other things, too. So I don't think she quite falls into Mary, Mary Sue territory, though. I will say, I will say though, I will say that 
the kind of like stumbling your way ass backwards into forced persuasion is 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 definitely I think the source of that that complaint. I think it's definitely accurate. I think. Hold she... on, hold on. I just have to challenge. This okay, for a go for it. This is insane. The fucking the part where she picks up the Millennium Falcon, which she has never piloted before and hasn't been piloted for years, and outruns two Tie Fighters and like is like dipping and swerving in the desert and then through the fucking like the husk of that star destroy. That's not incredible pilot. That sequence is clearly built. It's more impressive than what Poe does, and Poe's explicit thing is that he's a fantastic pilot. And I'll get back into that in a second, but like, you don't think that that's like the movie saying, wow, Ray's a really good pilot, you guys. I think it's saying that she's a good pilot, but I don't necessarily think, like, the fact, like, the, the fact that, she, like, maybe I just don't have a great base for what's considered, like, the greatest piloting, but like, I don't know. Maybe I see. I, I I see your point, but it feels like it feels like you know she doesn't cause like when when Han out maneuvers tie tie fighters, they crash into things, right? These tie fighters, like she doesn't really outrun them. She just kind of keeps pace with them and keeps pace ahead of them, and she doesn't manage to like crash into anything or or whatever, right? Like she makes it through the 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 star destroyer, and yeah, that's pretty tight. But right before that, she's also like dragging it along the sand and like not quite doing it right and you know the, like i don't know it, it feels like the, there's like a separation there of like you know general st part of it is that there's like general star wars kind of star wars ishness right like every it assumes out like a higher level of competence for everyone right I, th I think that's the best way to put it, probably. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, I also think that at the end of the day, the Mary Sue thing comes down to a lot to how Ray doesn't have any weaknesses um, or kind of failures or flaws or anything along those kinds of lines. There's like this, uh, like, there's, there's a sort of setup for that in the terms of like, she feels like she has to go home to Jakku and like her parents or whatever. Uh, but that gets like resolved like 45 minutes into the movie. So it's really, you kind of can't put that on her as like, the, you know, like, in screenwriting terms, we call this, like, the lie your character believes, right? Which is typically, like, the flaw that they believe is true, and they have to kind of confront the the falsehood, the falsehood of it in order to, like, move on sort of thing. And Ray never really gets that moment. Like, it's kind of there, but, like, not really. Very half-assed, I kind of felt like. Um, to be honest with you, though, I think a lot of this comes from the fact that I felt like the original draft of the script probably had Ray, Poe, and uh, Finn all journeying together, and that Ray kind of just subsumed Poe's character and strengths and responsibilities when they rewrote the script kind of late in the game, um, which is like, you know, kind of post-production stuff because they wanted to get the, the group in, in into cahoots with Han Solo and shit faster or whatever. Um, but like, so that, that that's like the source of the problem, I think. But like, Ray just doesn't have any interesting, like, flaws or failures or anything and that's the thing that makes her like mary sue ish also right. the fact that star wars episode 7 feels like max Landis has talked about this before like the reason the mary sue term specifically applies is because star wars episode 7 feels like self-insert fan fiction because it's the same story just like with one character who has no weaknesses if that sure. makes sense sure um, I, and, and, and i'm, I'm kind of going to come across this on a, on a more kind of like nitpicky level i guess is that mary sue's a character who's self-insert who has no flaws and has all like is overwhelmingly good at everything and i don't think she's quite as overwhelmingly good at anything as i remembered her being from the first 
first time around. She does have a couple of uh, have a couple of misses, um, and, and you know she is she's annoyingly competent at at a lot of things. But I do agree with you that that she lacks any major flaws. In fact, I think all of the all of the best flaws, like the the best character in the movie, I think is Finn. Um, he's like, oh my god, wow, wow, okay. Do, do you not agree with that? I do not agree. I don't like Finn at all. I think oh, Finn's pretty man. awful. Oh uh, well, 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 let's finish out, right? We'll, we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely I I definitely see what you're saying. I I do think she lacks like any real flaws. All um, I don't know. It I I think I think this is part of why I say that like I I think she's 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 shittily written is like I think that flaw of like wanting um. Of like you know wanting to go back to Jakku to wait for her parents or whatever, I think that could have been interesting and well explored, but it really felt like it wasn't, right? It felt like just like a thing that kind of happened, right? Like it's just like there's a thing that we're told about and like doesn't feel like a real part of her character. Yeah, it gets resolved when when she touches the lightsaber and Maz Kanata goes down there and she's like, "Hey, you know your family's never coming back, right?" And just Ray's like, "Oh, I guess." Yeah. And it's like you know what I mean? Well, it's like the end of the fair, first she... act and her like great bit, you know like. This this the central thing to her character is already resolved. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she gets a moment where she's like, "No," and then runs off into the woods. But like, you you're, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, I don't. I, I think part part of the other thing is something something that really stuck out to me this time around was that like they they like the, the first time you see Finn, like he's wearing he's wearing Poe's jacket, right? Mm-hmm. You know, part of me part of me wants to nitpick and say that like he's wearing a jacket. Are you really telling me there's only one of those jackets in the entire galaxy? Um, but the other, the, the part that really bothers me is her reaction is not like, you know, where'd you get that jacket? Or like, it, like or, you know, threaten him. It's to run up to him and try and beat him with a fucking stick. Right? Like, <laughs> that's true. Like, that's that just real. felt like so often weird. Right? Like, I would have gotten, like, like a more, a, a, a different interaction along those same lines. But like, chasing him down and knocking him, knocking him over with a stick just, just felt like way too unreal. Especially right after, like... What ostensibly was Ray saying, you know, like, go on BB-8, I'm, you know, like, the, the night before she's like, I'm gone in the morning, and then she, like, decides that she's gonna be his friend now? The, yeah, his- see, this, the, these, those kinds of things are the things to me that, like, are the flaws that liken it to kind of, like, BBS, you know what I mean? Those, the, it's, it's, there's no cartilage there, right? Like, why Ray, do, they just kind of paper over that with, like likable characters basically and like funny jokey jokes and like yeah and there's and there's other places where this comes up like for instance they made this whole thing about how bb-8 needs to give them the the coordinates to the rebel to the resistance base and then he does but then they go to maz kanadas and it's like what why didn't they just go to the fucking resistance base i Um, mean that's explained because han doesn't want to go to the uh the resistance base yeah. Well, whatever. Also, he want to how does the Leia. resistance know to show up at Maz Kanata's place and fight a bunch of Tie Fighters? Right? Like, the, the, I don't know. I, the, I, hate I mean, all the, that, they did show that somebody recognized it and said, "Alert the resistance! They're missing droid is here." No, the, it's alert the first order. No, and they, then the, the first, first order comes, and then the resistance. Both, comes. No, both bo- both of those things happen. the The first resistance thing happens right before the resistance thing happens right before the first order. Both happen. Oh, okay. Like, one right after another. I know. Well, it's, fair it's, enough. It's it, dumb. <laughs> I'm mad at it. <laughs> Uh, oh, fair enough. Like, I, I, I think, I think this movie is going to get a lot of, um, kind of, I'm going to call episode one syndrome where like, 
it's going to make a lot more sense in kind of retrospect, and the flaws are going to kind of melt off of it because of that. Oh, interesting. Like, I, I, I'm interested to see if that's the case. I, I'm sure in like, you know, ten years, I'm gonna I'm gonna go you know look back at this and like, you know, wh- whatever explanation they give for for who Ray is in episodes eight and nine is going to make, uh, assuming it's good, is going to make me forgive the the the, the sins of this movie. Um. Uh, so, so so something something to to poke at a little bit. Um, there are a couple of jokes in here that feel very much kind of like, like very modern jokes, and they really stuck out at me. And I don't know if it's just me being like, well, I don't want any of this modernism in my Star Wars. Me being a grump, or if it's if it really feels as out of place as, as I as I perceive them. Like I'm talking about like the moment where like where. Poe is like, oh, how does this work? Do I speak first? Do you speak first? Yeah. Um, or like, I can't understand you through the mask. Or like, um, Finn makes, he's like, yeah, well, I'm with the resistance. This is what we look like. Some of us. Like, that That, that felt like a very kind of like, like, almost like a, like you you would call it a, a Chris Pratty joke. Yeah. That doesn't feel very, like, like, I don't know, that felt out of place in Star Wars to me. But is that just me being an old man or, or what do you think? Okay, I agree with you. Uh, and I want to point out how egregious it is that I agree with you because I am the one who has the ironclad suspension of disbelief here. This also happened to me in Thor Ragnarok. Um, specific, like this, Rachel brought this up. Like in Thor Ragnarok, right, there's this moment where uh, Tessa Thompson is talking about like the Valkyries um, and like this history of the Valkyries. And like Thor says something along the lines of kind of like, oh yeah, like it's, yeah, it's about... It's about it's about time women you know get their get their own thing and he kind of stumbles over right trying to be like a well-meaning feminist kind of thing. That's like the joke, right? right. But the problem is the the lore of the movie makes that joke insanely irrelevant because first of all the Valkyries predate Thor, so it's not about time for fucking anything, right? They're the ones that were dispatched to try and deal with Helia in the first place. Second of all, if that was the case, then why do they need, you know what I mean? Like those kinds of jokes really bug me. They really get under my skin, right? And Star Wars has a whole and and The Force Awakens has a whole bunch of them. Um I've t- I've talked about before of kind of like the likability suits Right, where um, you kind of have characters that aren't real characters. They're like plot robots that just kind of do whatever the plot needs them to do, right? But they are cloaked in kind of personalities that are like focus-tested and market research to be likable. And I think that that's the problem with a lot of the characters in The Force Awakens, specifically Finn. This is why I don't like Finn so much. Um, Because I think his kind of motivations and goals are completely like wishy-washy and weird outside of the first like... 20 minutes of his screen time right um and uh, and he he just changes entirely his character and goals or whatever in order to suit like the needs of the in order to suit, like the needs of the story and they make him like fun and likable uh to kind of like cover for that fact right like he has these weird you know moments like oh yeah you, you got a boyfriend got a cute boyfriend kind of thing right like you know, and it's just like, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't square that circle, right? Um, there's a big part of me that wants to empathize with him because, like, I think the introduction he gets is great, right? Like, here's a stormtrooper who's confronted with, like, the horror of his fascistic regime and, you know, watches one of his stormtrooper friends die and blood gets on his fucking helmet and shit like that. Um, and, uh, and then he's, like, fucking jokey joke, you know, jokey jokes. And I'm just like, fuck, man, like, why? Yeah, so, so... On, on on Finn, right? Like, I I do agree with you that like the the jokey jokes are are, are bad, um, 
and and dumb. But like the, the thing that I like about Finn is is he's like he's got some really great and human flaws, right? Like he's he's ultimately he's a coward. He wants to run away, right? All he wants to do is just get as far away from the first order as he can. He's willing to lie and figure out whatever he can do to get a you know to to convince whoever he needs to do that to to get where he needs to go so he can get as far away as possible. And he's and he's dedicated to that to that goal all the way until Ray gets captured, right? And, like, that's, like, kind of his, his, his arc, is that, like, that's enough to, like, that's the thing, it's, like, I, I really have to go after my friend who's, who's been captured, which is kind of, like, I don't know, I, it, it's kind of, like, a little bit like Han Solo's arc in, in the, uh, in, uh, in episode four, except, obviously, a much, much less suave version, a much, uh, a much more cowardly version, but I, he felt like a, a real person to me there, right? Like, you know, like, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I get because I come at that from the opposite perspective. That did they? I, I understand that that's kind of the point, right? But they did not sell me on that, which is why he feels so robotic and weird, okay. right? Because like he goes, he just goes from being I, I want to get away from the first order. I'm afraid of the first order too. I'm gonna go be a part of this suicide mission with no. It, it felt like there was no nothing there, if that makes sense, right? Um, to, to sell me on that change, which is why it feels so contrived. Um, and, uh, like, un, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think this movie has, has a big time problem in general, right? Like, like, th- like if, if I don't think too hard about it, I believe that, like, like uh, Finn has has built up this kind of relationship with Ray, and it's Ray being captured that convinces yeah. him not to be a coward. Um but the fact of the matter is, is things happen at such short time scale, like, time scales in this movie that none of it really makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, like even like you know the the the, the one the one that that bothers me I think the most is, um, you know is they they find the Millennium like the twin coincidences of the 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 Millennium Falcon just happening to be on Jakku and then Han Solo immediately like picking it up, right? Yeah. Like, and it's not like you can like you know like. There are ways to be like, you know, you know, Luke spent a month on Dagobah with Yoda. Literally, the the thing breaks and they're captured by the time that they fix it. So that can't and that can't be more than like 10 freaking minutes, right? And that those twin coincidences like really get under my skin. Whereas you could have fixed that by just having it kind of like have them like be in space for a little while or something. Yeah. Even if that no, I know, I know. Exa- I, I, this is what I've always complained about. Um, like when I first saw the force awakens, I really liked it. But then when I saw it again, those problems really stood out to me. Right. Like, and so I talked about it, like, it's kind of like riding a roller coaster and you're having fun in the roller coaster. You know what I mean? Woo roller coaster. But then you go on the roller coaster again, but the second time around, the only thing that you can see is how like rickety the construction of the roller coaster is. You know what I mean? That's that because like even inside of those coincidences, there are these weird things that are in there that always like trip me up and catch my attention. Right. She's like, she talks about how this thing hasn't flown in years and then immediately flies it. Right. It's like, what if a car is sitting there for three years, it doesn't turn on. You know, and I, I just, like, little things like that really get under my skin um, when it when it comes to uh, when it comes to the movie. Um, I will say uh, that there are other like other characters also hit me in this perspective. Um, I think the only like quote unquote real character here is Kylo Ren. He's the only, and I love Kylo Ren. I know you don't, and we'll get to that. I'm sure. Um, but uh, but even like Han Solo and Leia just feel like puppets. 
um, of kind of their old selves. I cringe now when I watch that scene where they like talk to one another, but they the whole the whole talk is just like exposition. You know what I mean? Where he's like, "Oh, I, I just went back to doing what I what I always did best, smuggling." And she's like, "Yeah, I, I know, but and then I, you know what I mean? I was just like, fuck, like nobody talks like this." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all this stuff, I don't know why. I, I we just paper mache over it. It felt like, um, and uh, uh, and it really bothers me now. But it didn't bother me kind of like nearly as much at the time. Yeah, no, I I I I definitely. I I also have to say the other character that really works for me, but like it's kind of because this one dimensionality also is like a thing is Poe Dameron. I love Poe, um, and of the of like the good guys he's my favorite i think he's he is also kind of like stock and bland and in you know like a robot in the same kind of ways um but what i think oscar Isaac sells it better than anybody else and two i also really like the kind of archetype he's playing um like in like tv tropes talk he's a paragon right who's just like a like a noble person right um you know uh and he doesn't have trouble or problems Right, like, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's, yeah, he's just, he's a good guy, and Finn's having a tough time, and he's like, hey, man, no, I've got this, right, I'm confident, I'm assured, right, I'm a soldier, and we're gonna get through it, because I'm a, you know what I mean, like, I love that about him, uh, and that's kind of a character archetype that, if, like, funnily enough, I feel like we just don't see all that much anymore. Yeah, I, um, I also, I, I think part of it is that he just doesn't have enough time on screen for that to get, like, either annoying or feel unrealistic. Yeah. Right, like, he's a... He, I like him too, but it's it's he doesn't have time to be like I don't know a real character. Um, speaking of which, there was a line of his that really that really struck me this time around. Um, when they're when they're when they're doing their kind of thing, when they're doing bombing runs on like the the you know on the plot device, mm. um, it the, the the cannon sucks the power out of the sun, right? Um, and he says he says, remember, it's sucking the power of the out of that sun as long as there's light. We ha- th- there's still hope or something like that. I was like, wow, that's like the most on the nose thing I have. <laughs> like, it's funny. It, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that, man. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Uh, uh, I hate that bombing run. I actually do have to say, by the way, that I really enjoyed the the kind of firefight on Jakku when it came to the like the starship stuff like that. Like I'm kind of on record. Um, like I think um, uh, I think like the spaceship fights are great in Star Wars. And my favorite one is the one in the opening of Revenge of the Sith with like the buzz droids and shit. Um, but uh, the fucking trench run that they have here is the most is the worst. It's so bad. Um, it's it is the worst starship thing. Right, right. Worse, by the way, than now. This is pod racing, um, because it's so, the geography of the star. Yeah, and by the way, look, I love Episode One. Right, like I'm on record. We have record of me defending the shit out of that movie. That moment, like that whole starship scene, you know, it's bad. Right, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go to bat for that stuff. Right, um, and it is the worst starship stuff outside of you know in the first two trilogies. Right, but like. Dude, this trench run, there's no sense of geography to it, which is really important, I think, to what makes the Death Star work, um, specifically what makes the, the, the Starship fight at the end of Rogue One, which I also watched, um, just to kind of, like, compare and contrast a little bit. Like, that stuff was so great. They were so good about kind of, like, showing you, like, the goals of the action and everything. Right. 
Um, and then, uh, uh, and it's just like, I, what are they shooting at? What are they shooting? It destroyed me, by the way, when they're going to the base. Do you know how many, do you know how many starships attack Starkiller base? I counted them. Twelve. That's it. Twelve starships. For a whole fucking planet, right? I was like, yeah. What? And I, but and but the firefight on Jakku, I think, is great. There's this really nice long shot where you're following, where like Finn is on the ground. It's actually really great filmmaking, and I'm surprised I'm giving JJ Abrams this credit. Where Finn is on the ground and he's looking up at Poe's like black X-wing, um, and Poe's just like wrecking these, you know, he like wrecks a bunch of starships, and it's all one one shot and then at the end of it he says like now that's a pilot or what you know like whatever um but i was like wow that's actually like really good you know that's like good filmmaking and it makes sense for there not to be a ton of these things right because it's just kind of uh you know it's just kind of a scouting force that's coming to pick up the droid right like it's not the full fleet of the fucking resistance um so yeah man i hate that trench run at the end so much yeah i i i I, just to kind of like dip into there a little while i i i i I think what that was, I think that was supposed to be an homage to the first trench run in just kind of like, like it, it was too long. I, I think, I think they wanted, I think what, what, what they, what they wanted us to see was them to go into the trench and be like, ah, you know, that's like star Wars, right? Like it's kind of like a little thing. And that's not that right. Like, and it wasn't supposed to be very much, very much trench run, but it goes on for way too long. And combined with like all Seven billion other remember Star Wars references in the film. You can't help like you know you see it for what it is, and it just kind of feels bad. Does, yep. does that make sense? Right? Like I feel like in a, in a movie with like about seventy less Star Wars references, um, and like uh, a a shorter you know like he goes down the trench and then he's almost immediately in the chamber and is blowing it up. That feels more like a light homage than like what it ended up being, which is just this kind of like weird not kind of, you know, whatever, um, bit. The other part of this too, is that like, when you were talking about, um, like kind of, uh, the geography of the fight, um, I, I think kind of the geography of, of the whole back half of the movie is, is kind of screwed up because, yeah. you know, Starkiller base is, 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 a, is a whole planet. Um, again, as while McDouchebag brought up, uh, you know, you, they pull a graph out on you, right? They show you the original Death Star and show you how much bigger Starkiller base is. And then, like, everything happens within walking distance of the plot, right? Like, it, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, like, which sucks because I actually like that lightsaber duel quite a bit at the end. I think it might be the 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 kind of uh, the only good thing in like that back half of the movie that like I really get on board with is is that lightsaber fight. Um, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. That sucks. It's so dumb. It's so yep. dumb. Um. It's just, it's just, it's just so many weird little like phrasma, right? Like, like if we if we you know like let, let's not criticize like you know she's in the marketing a bunch, but that that's a marketing problem, right? Like that's you know that's not necessarily a problem with the the film itself, but like she takes down the shield like she takes down the shields for Han and and uh, and 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 Finn, and that just felt always felt kind of like well. Why? Like, is she not loyal enough that she's willing to like die for the the new order? Yeah. Or the first order. That. Yep. Um, and and she like puts up like such little resistance to to anything. She just kind of like 
takes the shield. It, it feels like there was like. It also feels like it's, it's it's a much more easily solved question like problem too, right? Like you could have very easily had like Finn like knows how to take down the shield, but doesn't have like the security chit or whatever that he needs. And he could take it off of Phrasman and it works there. And like, there's so many better ways to solve that problem than just have her kind of like take down the shield and be angry about it. I don't know. It, it, it. Yeah. And then they, and then they just turn around and fucking raise right there. Right. Like this is yeah. kind of the walking distance thing, but like, ah, oh God, I don't know. All that stuff really fucking gets on my nerves. What was, what was the thing that they were even blowing up? Right. Like, like the, the the thing that they're blowing up in, in yeah, like it's like this big hexagon thing, but it's not like oh you need to you know you need to hit this this chute with two proton torpedoes or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just I don't know. It's a big thing. They have to shoot it with lasers a whole bunch. I guess it complete. I I don't know. I hate it. It's the it's first of all it's like a no stakes thing. Second of all, they send twelve ships, which makes no sense and feels awful. Uh, and then, you know, it, they don't, they don't even set up or pay it off. I don't know. I hate, yeah. I hate all that stuff. Uh, I, so I, I feel like you could fix a lot of these things, like, uh, with, with, a, with a little bit of adjustment, right? Like, like, I, 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 you know, apparently everything, you know, from, from the moment that, like, Poe leaves, you know, the, the rebel, the, the resistance rather base, um, to, to, you know, the moment that they, uh, that they blow it up, that's, 14 and a half minutes, right? And I think this is an endemic problem to the Star Wars series, right? Where, like, I, I noticed this in the original trilogy, too, is that time frames are, like, really weirdly short in general. Um, but, like, I feel like you could at least work that in and be, like, the only pilots we were able to scramble with within a 15-minute time frame was, like, Poe Dameron and his, like, 11 people. But you just yeah. need to fucking say that, and it solves, like, most of this problem. Um, or you just talk about, like, you know, they have this whole thing with, like, the resistance base in the Republic. I mean, I've talked about this before, where, like, the big failure to me with um, Episode Seven is probably just the world building, right? Right. Uh, because yeah. we don't get a good sense of what the politics are like in the, you know... I mean, even A New Hope, right, which is a pretty bare-bones movie, gets across what the politics of this place are, right? We have, you know, they dissolve the Senate, right? Because the Death Star is now built and they don't need to worry about placating politicians anymore and stuff like that, right? The rebellion and, like, um, you know, Princess Leia is a senator and she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a part of the rebellion, right? It's a secret underground. They, they do a lot to, to really set the, what the, the, that world looks like, um, in those movies, obviously, the whole you know the the, the tons of world building that gets done in the prequels, kind of thing. Uh, but I have so little conception for what like the resistance is compared to the Republic, compared yeah. to the First Order. Why does like the that. resistance exist? Yeah, I, 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 it boggles my mind. Yeah, and like there there are explanations. Like I, I think they've I think they have in you know in the expanded universe explained that like. A standing military force or something has like political ramifications that they're not happy about, and so the resistance exists as kind of like a covert way to kind of be like an army against the first order for the republic. And you know that's an acceptable explanation, but you got to give me at least a taste of it in the movie yeah. for it to make sense. Like, why isn't the army of the new republic, which there should be one if there isn't, um, or you know at least an explanation for why there isn't one? Um, why isn't that? Why, why isn't that being brought to bear against the first order? Um, at all times, why is it only this thing called the resistance? Um, and you know, 
why isn't there any reaction as soon as they blow up uh as soon as they blow up the seat of the senate right the whole system that's the seat of the senate yeah um very bad very dumb i hate it so much and i really wish by the way that they had flipped the script on us uh people talk a lot about kind of like what they would do with the with the force awakens but the most obvious and the best idea is to do right like you have the republic which is like a, a struggling democracy or whatever um and then you have the first order as like the you know kind of isis essentially of that um trying to you know uh the, tr you know trying to take things down and i like the idea that yeah like yeah there's a fucking random system out there that nobody you know like nobody expected and they built a fucking crazy star killer base in it or whatever right and that's their secret weapon and they just destroy the republican decentral you know what i mean like i think there's a lot there especially you know like kind of from DD terms i was thinking about this in terms of like DD stuff right like okay you have the prequel trilogy which is kind of a conflict between um lawful evil versus lawful good right you know insofar as the jedi are lawful good and kind of the sith are like lawful evil then in the the original trilogy that flips to chaotic good versus the same like lawful evil right uh but i think that it, what they need is to do something that is not this same kind of like lawful evil sort of basis i guess and i think you can still do yeah. stormtroopers and shit like that right like i think all of that stuff is fine uh but you just have to make it much more of like a like a chaotic evil terrorist organization um than it is this like oh i guess we just tolerated this gigantic fascist group that is like enslaving children according to finn and like clearly represents the goals and desires of the empire that we all literally lived through you know what i mean like I don't yeah know, and like it's, it's crazy and snoke is like a known figure right like leia and han know who snoke is yeah it's not it's not like it's like some mysterious forces like the, and the republic just kind of like lets it keep going i think you can like i said you can even tell a story there about like you know kind of like the new republic is falling prey to the same kind of like bureaucratic sins of the old republic but that old republic also only felt those sins after like a thousand years not after what like 30 um yeah and you can even go at it from like other perspectives too right like for instance i think it would be a perfectly valid story decision for them to say something like you know luke skywalker was the hero you know like he was the hero that killed the emperor uh destroyed the death star and when he went into hiding right like that was the you know that was the most politically influential figure out there right not showing faith in the in the republic that he had tried to to create that did a huge you know what i mean like i think you can get there with some of this stuff right and you can and you can kind of like get across the finish line uh but they just i don't know they just don't do any of that because i think uh at the end of the day they were just trying so hard uh to service the fans um yeah, service those fans real good. Yeah, so I want to talk about Kylo Ren because uh, okay, through yeah. this whole thing, we haven't talked about Kylo Ren. And I think, and I love Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is like the redeeming thing about this movie to me. Um, he is the realest character. He is the most interesting character. Um, he is the most significant divergence for me from, the, from what we've seen before and is doing something uh, pretty new, I feel like. Um, and, uh, and I know you don't agree with any of that, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I might agree with the last one that he's the most divergent, and I think that's, like, what I don't like about him a lot is, is he, he's, he's, he, he feels very whiny to me, right? Like, 
and not like in in an impotent and not threatening and like I think you could also you you could do that without making him come across as being like a little piss baby, right? Like <coughs> he throws a temper tantrum and he, like flashes up like three fucking computer consoles. It's like this is supposed to be our mainline villain, right? Like this is supposed to be like the guy that we're supposed to that we're supposed to fear and his motivation like you're afraid the, the line from Ray is you're afraid that uh that you're not going to you're not able to be as strong as Darth Vader and like maybe it's just the phrasing but that feels like so dumb right like I, I want I don't I I don't want it to be like you know necessarily like some high-minded ideal but I want it to be better than like you're afraid that you can't be as strong or like you know like maybe like at least something like live up to his ideal or or, or something something a little bit more than like Things that feel like so so like petty and, and, and small. Okay. Um, I so I do say I do I understand kind of, um, but to me none of that stuff is the fault of Kylo Ren. I think that's the fault of like kind of the movie around him. So like for instance, I actually like Kylo Ren's temper tantrum. What I hate about it is like the stormtroopers that come okay, in because it makes that. a joke out of it. You know what I mean? And this is the same kind of joke that I that I really hate that pops up in Marvel's movies, right? The, these are these jokes at the expense of the story or at the expense of the characters, right? When Loki is about to give his, like, speech in the Avengers and the Hulk just, like, tosses him around. Yeah, it's funny, but it's like it completely diffuses Loki's character and it, and it, it turns him into a punchline. And I think that same thing is happening with Kylo Ren. Uh, but I, but I don't think that that's his character's fault. I think that's the rest of the movie. I also think for instance, at the end of the movie, like him, he should win that lightsaber fight. I actually really don't like that. He loses that. Yeah, I agree. Fight from a story perspective, it would actually fix a lot of things um, because it would allow you to give Ray a problem. Or by the way, you could also do this where Finn beats him and that kind of simultaneous, like he beats Ray, but Finn, beats him kind of on like the back end sort of thing like i think something along those sort of lines would would work much more that or, or you could just fight to a standstill and i think it would work too right like yeah. I, like I, I i think him being defeated is is, is absolutely a, a a mistake yeah uh, because I do think that he is, you know, like I, I, what I like about him is kind of the threat that he represents when it comes to his dark side stuff, right? Like we've had, you know, so we've had Anakin, but like for most of those movies, Anakin is a Jedi, right? It's only for the back half of the third movie that he is like a Sith, um, and he kind of is exhibiting, you know, like, and he's p tapping into like anger and all of those other kind of stuff. But I really like the idea of like Kylo Ren, this, um, who is not composed, right? Like Darth Vader is, right? And he doesn't do things like, you know, I feel like I like the idea of Kylo Ren pulling out his lightsaber and just like wailing on something in just like a fury kind of thing. Um, and because it's the same sort of thing as like Darth Vader force choking like his shitty subordinates that are being shitty, but it, it's like a different context to that, right? One of them is like this guy is like brimming with anger and he can't control it, and the other one is like this dude is like super, you know, like super collected and shit or whatever. Uh, but the problem is, I feel like those moments are 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 what get you know like are what get undercut. Uh, I think that another great moment in the movie is when he's talking to Han Solo and when he murders the shit out of Han Solo. Yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll agree that 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 was a that was a good moment. It was it was a, although, I'm, this is really nitpicky. But like they they hold the camera on him holding the lightsaber sideways for like three seconds, and then they cut oh, back, yeah. and it's like suddenly facing Han Solo's chest. And, you know, 
I know it's like a really nitpicky little thing, but the fact that he held on the lightsaber being fa facing the wrong way for so long just like really got to me. Sorry. Yeah. The, but I also love, you know, Chewie shoots him with the fucking crossbow, cross bolter or whatever. Um, and uh, and then and then you and you can tell that he's like fucked up from that. Right? right. Like later in the lightsaber battle, he's doing that thing where he's like punching his wound or whatever to give him more pain to like fuel his like, yeah. you know, I love that stuff. That stuff is so cool. Right. Uh, but I, it just feels like the rest of the movie falls apart around him. Um, which is so, which is what's so painful. Though I have to say, and I don't know how much they're going to execute this in terms of kind of like speculation for what The Last Jedi looks like. Um, but uh, I do like him saying, you need a teacher to Ray." You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that one of the ways that they could kind of save aspects of this movie um, is if they really kind of address and talk about Ray tapping into the dark side uh, in order to beat Kylo Ren. Uh, that's like a fan theory out there because she has like a lot of like teeth gritty yeah, yeah. shots or whatever. Um, I don't think that that's the case because at the end of the day, that moment when she like closes her eyes in the, you know, in like the cross beam or whatever, that does not read to me as like a, a dark side thing to do. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe they execute on that and that would be, and that would be neato. Uh, I really like how kylo ren's big temptation is going back to being a good person versus the dark side uh like that reversal also works really well for me uh and it's probably the like part of part you know like like one of the big foundation building blocks why i like kylo ren so much is that idea which is not something we've ever seen before i remember even sitting in the theater being like wow that's neat you know um, yeah no I, I i agree with you um although i felt like it was a little bit a little bit overwrought but I, I I agree that the, you know the, the reason he, like he, he he talks about it like two or three times about the temptation, um and like I get it but I felt like I didn't need to be told more than once about it, um, gotcha, yeah, um, couple of little things, uh first thing I just want to something that's always bothered me is that apparently Hans never shot Chewbacca's crossbow oh, until God, yeah. this movie, um. That, that bothered me. Um, so, thing that didn't bother me, but bothers some people. How do you feel about Finn wielding the lightsaber? Uh, does that bother people? That does not bother me. Okay. It I, li I, me actually, I, I like Finn wielding the lightsaber. What, what I don't like about it is that it feels like a marketing ploy to me. Um, it feels tremendously shoot-in, just so they can have shots in the trailer of Finn wielding the lightsaber, so they can kind of, like bait and switch you when the movie actually comes out to Ray being the one with force sensitivity. Yeah. Um, so uh, that sucks about it. But otherwise, you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Um, of, of, of varying levels of canonicity, there has been, you know, like whether or not people who aren't Jedi can, can wield lightsabers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I know I, yeah. Friend of the cast, Charles very much hates that people, people who are not Jedi wield lightsabers. Um, I've got basically what, what, you know, my, understanding is that the the issue is that the reason that people who aren't jedi don't use lightsabers is you have to be a jedi in order to be fast enough to like deflect blaster bolts with it um or something like that um and so it doesn't bother me but it does bother some people um kind of in the same vein um i want to talk a little bit about the uh the the actual lightsaber fights in this movie um which you know i i watched it with a closer eye you know after having you know after the the kind of like um the, the kind of dance battles of the prequels and kind of like the the slow battles of of the 
of the of the original trilogy, um, Kylo Ren fights a lot like Darth Vader, which I like, and um, Finn actually fights a lot like Luke does in Episode Six, which I like because it kind of belies a level of like. At least for it makes sense for me for Finn because he's just kind of like swinging around like a whatever, but it also feels like it has weight to it. Um, I don't know if that's like supposed to be like significant lore wise or whatever, but it, it felt right. Um, and it feels like it's that's that's and it also feels true for for Ray as well, which I think is is also just a, a training thing. But I kind of like that. It, you know, it it wasn't as like boring in a word as 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 those original trilogy ones were. Um, but they weren't as crazy as the prequel trilogy. And even though I do like the fights in the prequel trilogy, I do think that it worked really well here. Yeah, I, def I, I understand why people don't like those fights in the prequel trilogy. I love them a lot, but I like big over-the-top dance number kind of fights um, compared to most folks, I suppose. Um, uh, I don't have any major complaints about the about the lightsaber fights here. Uh, I, you know, funnily enough, I actually do agree with Charles that I wish that only Jedi could use lightsabers. But to me, that's kind of a moot point because Han uses the lightsaber in empire so it's like you kind of have you're you're a slave to the canon um, right right and so right, know, but he, he doesn't use it to fight which is i think what the what the the thing is is like oh, okay fair enough yeah i mean i've always liked the idea that you can only turn on a lightsaber by activating it like there's no button you just use the force and it turns on um in some way uh, i know that that doesn't make any sense i mean even a new hope right luke is force sensitive obviously but how does he turn on the lightsaber yeah. kind of thing right like uh, it's just, but like, if, if I were given the keys to the Star Wars universe, that is a retcon that I would consider. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, how do you like, uh, how do you like the traitor, the traitor moment? Uh, that, that like lightsaber fight versus the shock baton thing. I thought it was like, whatever. I didn't think much of, like, I didn't just think much of it when it happened in the mm -hmm. first time I saw it. And then like, it became a meme and I was like, oh yeah, that, that happened. And then this rewatch was like, yep, that that's the thing that happened. Yeah, right? I find like, it so weird that the, this shock baton trooper exists um, because it's like, is he fucking expecting to run into somebody with a fucking lightsaber? You know what I mean? Uh, but I do like the stuff. It's like the Magna Droids, if you remember from episode three, those guys with like the electronic staff, thing, like the like the electric stuff on the other either end of the staff. Uh, I like stuff that can fight with a lightsaber that is not a lightsaber. I think that yeah. stuff is cool. Yeah, well, th things that can fight lightsabers have been in the canon long enough that like it, it yeah. didn't it didn't bother me, um, and it it was just kind of like it was just kind of like whatever. Like I said, do you know? Uh, do you know if uh, what's it like Corvex or whatever? What's Cortosis. The Cortosis. You know if Cortosis exists? Um, I don't know. Let's let's uh, let's let's ask Wikipedia. Yeah, Co Cortosis. Cortosis. Uh, for for all you viewers out there, is like a material. It's like a um, it's kind of like Kevlar if that makes sense, but, like, for lightsabers, like, lightsabers don't go through Cortosis. It gets a lot of use in the expanded universe um, for kind of obvious reasons. Um, uh, so the material is canon again, um, and it can conduct the energy from a blaster bolt. Uh, uh, but I don't know if... I don't, like, the material's canon again. Um, uh, but I don't know if it still can deflect lights. Like the the Wikipedia and under the canon section doesn't say uh, whether or not it can deflect lightsabers or not. So 
I would assume it can, because like that's that's kind of why like, like why why would you use a material with the same name if it didn't have that property? Um, but yeah, like I said, the material's been recanonized, but its lightsaber blocking potential has not yet been con reconfirmed, recanonized. That makes sense. Yeah, I also do want to mention, by the way, uh, when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to this stuff, uh, I want to mention that one of the other things that I love so much about uh, Kylo Ren is his interactions with Finn. Um, you can tell in the very beginning, uh, just like with a look, right, that like that that Kylo Ren identifies Finn as a stormtrooper not using his his blaster or whatever and the very personal way that you know like there's the traitor right that is the meme right but he, he calls Finn a traitor multiple mm -hmm. times because he's so pissed that like Finn you know like he takes that so personally I really love that uh that aspect to see, like the two of them see I I, I I get that but it also felt like it also felt weird to me because it's like why would like it, it? It's like it always seemed that like the loyalty of the soldiers was supposed to be like programmed into them, right? Like and he, and he calls him a tra calls him a traitor to Hux, calls him a traitor, um, in person at the end of the movie, um, but like it, it seems like a weird thing to expect out of a stormtrooper, right? Like, like loyalty from like a kidnapped child soldier. It always kind of rang hollow to me, like that, like. The expectation was supposed to be that they, they were here because they had been bringing Washer under duress, not because right, of the right, actual. Right. And, and so, like, the, the, that accusation of traitor never felt like a, a, a strong accusation to me, if that makes sense. Um, uh, like, like cool. it, it, never, yeah. it, it never felt like, you know, that the First Order was a big happy family, that, like, the betrayal of one of their members would really hurt someone in it. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see what you're saying kind of from, like, a macro perspective. For me, it's much more about Kylo himself. Yeah, right? no, like, okay, yeah. I, he I really takes it personally uh, that, like, that this guy betrayed him. I also think that there's, like, you know, um, Jonathan McIntosh of Feminist Frequency fame put out a video called The Stormtrooper Paradox, uh, which essentially takes... Uh, the it, it takes the movie to task for, like, showing us Kylo Ren... Um, and uh, and Finn and whatever the unnamed guy with the blood on his hand. It's like, oh, well, like, stormtroopers are people, right? They're, like, objects worthy of our empathy, but then it doesn't, you know, like, they don't, uh, we, that, but we don't end up empathizing with them. And I think there's a little bit of that in there, right? Like, it's a weird thing, like, it, it's a weird thing that Kylo Ren would think about one of his soldiers as more than just, like fodder you know what i mean yeah um, um because like in the other movies they're not treated that way they're not treated as humans like who are you know like who are soldiers or they've been taken from their homes like finn is talking about or anything like that. they're just drones who cares kill fucking stormtroopers right uh it's like killing nazis kind of thing um but um but like there's a weird interaction where because finn is a former stormtrooper right he is a character and he's worthy of empathy and we need to sympathize with him and, and everything. Right. But none of the other stormtroopers that end up getting killed are. So I don't know. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's just a hard thing to do in the first place. Yeah. Um, ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but so that's the force Awakens. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the force. Awakens. I think we're all really hoping um, that, uh, you know, we will, when, when the last Jedi comes out, we will be able to put some of this stuff to bed, um, uh, 
because I rewatched The Force Awakens so recently, I think it'll be nice to uh, uh, to kind of compare uh, when when the Last Jedi comes out. Uh, we have talked about before about how um, you know it doesn't look the, everything that they have released about the movie looks awful and, and sounds awful, right? Like a star destroyer that's bigger than the Death Star, you know, Porgs, um, BB Hate, BB yeah, BB Nine E or whatever yeah. Nine Evil. Uh, all of that stuff. Uh, did, have you have you changed that that forecast? Um, I mean, I always wanted the movie to be good, so I don't know. Hope, hopefully, it's good. Um, I'm going into I, 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 the the recent wave of kind of people saying it's excellent has given me hope. You know, as long as there's like there's hope, buddy. A new hope. Yeah. New <laughs> what would you say? Yeah. <laughs> um, just you know. Uh. I've my, my my prediction is is uh or my my hope is is that they get kind of the homage parts right this time, right? Like, cause I could see a training session with Luke Skywalker and 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 Ray working really well, or feeling really stupid, um and kind of like too much like like Dagobah, right? Like you know the the joke is it's you know like Luke Skywalker piggybacking on Ray, um while she runs around or whatever, yeah. um. And I think they can do it right, and it sounds like maybe they did. Um, and, you know, maybe the Porgs are just kind of like a little thing, and they're not like so much that I feel like they're, they're you know, shameless merchandising. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've always liked Ryan Johnson. Um, I, I really liked Looper, um, and his he made an indie movie called Brick that's very good. Uh, and he was kind of like the one thing that I was like holding out hope for. It's like, okay, well, like th- at least this is a director that I'm really on board with. Um, and then, you know, some of the post-production stuff, right? Like the movie, they didn't do reshoots in the same way that like, you know, Rogue One did or even The Force Awakens did, right? They were pretty happy with it just out the gate with principal photography kind of thing. Uh, and so all of those are very good signs, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I like Star Wars. I like liking Star Wars. So yeah, I, no, hope, I agree. Uh, I hope this all works out. All right. Well, I, I think that's about it. If you'd like to write to us about with what you think of the Force Awakens, you can email us at podcast at some or some at gmail You can follow us on twitch.tv slash games. You can follow us on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, all sorts of different places. Leave your comments. We'd love to hear them. Um, I think that's about it, buddy. Do you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to uh, promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>